This is the Context Podcast sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. Even with all the excitement of FileMaker 19, we cannot forget our roots and our work in FileMaker that has been around for some time. This includes FileMaker Go, a topic I don't see a whole lot written about or talked about, except, of course, at FileMaker DevCon. Klaus Levent joins me today to talk about FileMaker Go. I asked him to tell us all he knows about FileMaker Go because he has been designing the FileMaker DevCon to Go app for many years now. So he has tons of experience working in this part of the platform. We talk about color and layouts. We talk about problems a FileMaker Go app can solve and what it can't solve. We talk about text entry. We talk about how to enter data, all sorts of stuff. And we even talk about when FileMaker Go is not necessary. As a fun bonus, we chat about his DevCon to Go app, what it was, and the problems it was meant to solve. We barely talk about the new features of FileMaker 19, and that's okay because the core of FileMaker Go has been around for quite a while. Klaus has a lot of good things to say about FileMaker Go. Hopefully his knowledge of it will inspire you to work more for mobile devices. Welcome, Klaus, to the Context Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Dar- Jeremy. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's uh, it's good to talk with you. Uh, you're in Denmark, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, in Europe. In Europe. North Somewhere. Europe. <laughs> I've, I've never been, so I don't know. Uh, it's, it's late there. Are you uh, yet falling asleep yet? Not at all. Oh, okay. Okay. No. Yeah. I think you mentioned in our, in your origin story that you only sleep like what, 30 minutes a night? Is that it? <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was young, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> nowadays I sleep three, four hours. Ish. Uh, ish. That's good. Well, you're you're a busy person, so I want to talk to you uh, in this uh, session about FileMaker Go and um, designing around it, designing for it, developing for it, and so forth. And the reason I wanted to bring you on and talk to you about it is because you, for quite a few years now, have developed the DevCon app um, that we all use when we go to FileMaker DevCon. Um, so you must have had you must have some experience in working with with Go with FileMaker yep. Go. Is that right? Yeah. Why don't you uh, first of all? Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, and then um, you can talk to us about your experience in FileMaker Go. Just yeah. Generally, talk about that. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Klaus Levent. Uh, I run a company in Denmark called Datamanix, uh, where we do custom development. Uh, mostly in uh, FileMaker and uh, related technologies. And of course, FileMaker Go is a uh, really strong uh, platform or or product, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I've been excited about uh, FileMaker Go for since before it uh, it came out. So yeah, I've been I've been working with FileMaker Go for for a long time now. Wow, okay. And, And have you developed a lot of apps for clients? Uh, ago? Yeah, I think. Well, a lot, what is a lot, right? Um, I, um, I mean, I developed the first uh, FileMaker Go app before it came out. Actually, uh, I was using the ETS version, and I was just, you know, at at that time we had a customer uh, that is uh, building shops 
uh, around uh, mostly uh, for clothing companies uh, around the world and they do handover of shops i think they have maybe 50 or 60 shops every week that they hand over hmm. right so the the way this works is that that or, or used to work is that they had a clipboard with a lot of paper with all the items that were used in the shop down to the uh, you know, uh, screws uh, and uh, the discs and uh, the stickers, everything uh, was there. Um, and then they w- went through the shop and they say, okay, is this okay? Is this uh, desk uh, counter okay? Is this uh, hanger okay? And uh, and everything. And then, of course, doing building, when you build a shop, uh some stuff gets broken maybe there's a glass uh something in glass that accidentally broke uh and then they uh, had to fix that of course um but they were at that time they were well the shop is finished and they handed over the shop but they didn't get the money for the shop until the last item was fixed and sometimes they need to you know have a something specially made and that could take maybe three or four weeks and when you're handing over 50 or 60 shops every week that becomes a lot of money that is that you are waiting to collect so they wanted to change that process into a, a process where they went through everything and then they they signed off on so now we are delivering the shop and by the way here's uh, the list of things that we need to fix and we are going to fix that within a a time frame but overall the shop is finished uh, and delivered uh, and they needed the shop owner to uh, sign off on that so that they could get their money uh, so this was a perfect use case for a uh, an iPad uh, solution in Funmaker Go so i, I built the first uh, solution there where um where it it connected to to a server that connected to a another system where they did all the quotation and all the uh, parts listing and and stuff like that and we downloaded those records it was i don't know for each shop maybe 5000 records or, or or so and and we downloaded that to the iPad and then the the project manager went to the shops uh uh, each product manager usually hands over, I think, f- around five to ten shops each week. So they downloaded uh, the data for for their shops and and uh, went through uh, to the shops and and got the uh, owner to sign off. And that was, um, uh, you know, with a, a signature. Uh, and we had to capture that on on the iPad, which was a challenge uh, with FileMaker Go 11 because there were no signature feature. So we had to do that in a, a web viewer with some JavaScript stuff, uh, but we made it work. And um, I actually think uh, Todd has a um, a product, right? Yes. For that, go go sign, yeah. So I I actually think maybe we used some of the same background code for for what we did at that point, and then he uh, he took well or, or or did a version of uh, of the same technique at least uh, and built some extra stuff on that. So and it was actually it was ready to 
rollout to the customer the day FileMaker Go 11 was released. Um, well, actually, it, it went into testing uh, the moment it was released uh, with the customer. And then I think within two or three weeks, we were running in production. You, you reminded me of something. FileMaker Go came out in, in version 11, right? Is that what mm-hmm. you said? Mm-hmm. At that time, did it cost, am I remembering, did it cost like $20 on the App Store? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think actually it initially it had a price tag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it had. That's but, right. You you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen the twenty dollars probably, but um, yeah. I think it cost it, it. It was a purchase. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember I was a teacher back then and um, developing for my school and was interested in FileMaker Go, but there's no way my my school <laughs> would shell out twenty bucks for an app <laughs> for every, no. every teacher. So yeah. Well, uh, okay. So you have a lot of experience. Uh, you were, you've been on it since even before it came out in FileMaker 11. Have you developed um, an app or maintained an app in every version of FileMaker Go since then? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, because for, for each version, you know, we, we got some new features and uh, not every new feature were immediately usable everywhere. It's like, you know, um, right now with 19, we got core ML, which is, yeah, I, I see, I, I see the point, but you know, I, I have a, f- I have a phrase that I, uh, or a quote that I always say. And, um, and I stress that out in, in, when I do a session as well, you know, uh, well, actually that's too, uh, just because you can, doesn't mean that you should, right. Mm. And and you have to ask yourself a question every time, especially when you're doing stuff with FileMaker, because it's so easy and it's so exciting to build stuff, you know. But there has to be a purpose. What's the purpose of everything you do? Um, so what what's the purpose of Core ML? Yeah, you can see something. Yeah, but does it really uh, does it really add value out in the real world? Um, and until you can see that, uh, well, play around with it and, and find out some real use cases for it. But if it doesn't add value to your customer, if it's not really solving a problem that couldn't be solved in, in other ways that are maybe better, faster to, to do, then, then you shouldn't do it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think Todd has talked a lot about you know, and I know Claris themselves talk about this, that it's an open platform release, right? It's the first one that they've yeah. done, which to us means just making it available to other technologies even more um, or bringing other technologies in, in this case, CoreML. So you're right. There may not be a whole lot of use case yet, but there's, pro- there's at least, you know, there's probably a hundred or so companies out there that will benefit from using this. Um, but sure. you're right. We don't need to go crazy uh, on all these new features um, just because they're they're there. Except for me, I'll go crazy on the JavaScript and on the add-ons, right? Yeah. So that, that's that's what's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I um, want to do the same, but but probably for different reasons. Today's episode is brought to you by Auto. When you work in a development environment that involves a dev and production server, you need to deploy the files in a logical and consistent and secure manner. And it's tough to do this manually. 
Though we as developers have done it for many years, you no longer have to. Auto does all the deployment work automatically. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> auto and its accompanying auto migrator file allows you to deploy a feature-rich file to the production environment with a couple clicks of a button. Whether scheduled or on the fly, these migrations happen with small files and even very large files. Auto works this way. It first backs up the production file and then closes it. It clones the developer version and then transfers the dev version to the production server. Then it performs a data migration and finally it opens up the new production file. With Auto Migrator 2.0 and Auto 2.43, the latest versions, you can upload one file to multiple servers at one time. Auto, automatic server to server file migration. All right, so uh, you've had a lot of experience. I I'm, I want to talk with you about designing in FileMaker Go because I, I actually, I don't, as I peruse the community, I don't see a whole lot of information about it. Um, yeah, there might be a white paper or two. There's very few questions in the forums about it. And so I want to just give you this area to, and, and I'll ask you questions just to talk about generally designing for FileMaker Go. Uh, designing for mobile. This includes, you know, design considerations, um, you know, fonts, coloring, you know, the design, the workflow considerations. Um, Alexis Allen in a previous podcast talked about a, a workflow-based design. Um, mm -hmm. We, uh, I'm, I'm interested in like, you know, what's the compatibility between layouts that I make for the client versus for Go? I'm interested in just a ton of things. So, can you just generally speak to designing in FileMaker Go for FileMaker Go? Yeah, well, um, the first thing I, I think you should uh, you have to realize is that uh, you have a device here. It is uh, in general terrible to input written text. It's terrible because the buttons are so small, right? Um, and, and it's not really like a keyboard. So that's the first thing. And the second thing you need to realize is that this is not like a desktop application. It's it's not the back-end system that you should run uh, in FileMaker Go, not in uh, uh, on an iPad and not on... on uh, and especially not on a mobile device uh, or on a mobile phone, uh, like an iPhone. Um, so, so you have to consider uh, what's the purpose of this app? Uh, what's the purpose of having it running on FileMaker Go? Is, do you really have a purpose doing that or do you just want to do that just because it's cool. I mean, um, when when Apple uh, um, released the uh, App Store for uh, file, uh, for iOS, um, a lot of companies out there said, "Oh, we need an app. Let's uh, let's have an app." Okay, why? Uh, I don't know. We just need to have an app. So one of the most terrible examples of uh, a major company who, who built an app is uh, IKEA. I think it's it's also well known in in the states, right? Mm -hmm. um, and um, they have a catalog that they print. Uh, they say it's the most read book uh, beside the Bible. 
Um, so they usually print that in, in a lot of copies, right? And they, of course, also have a website where you can go in and order stuff and, and see what they are selling. Uh, and they wanted an app. Why? They, they, didn't, they didn't bother coming up with a, a good purpose for that. So, so basically, they just built an app that was a replica of their website. It wasn't even... Uh, it, it still had the same form factor as their website that were designed to run on a uh, desktop computer. So you had to zoom and scroll around in the, in the app. It was probably one of the most terrible apps. And they spent millions on building that app and why? Just because everyone else has it, so we need to have it as well. And, and that's one of the most terrible examples of, of people or companies that are doing, you know, stuff without really uh, using their brain. Uh, but it frustrates me when, when I come across examples like that, because it's, it's just like, the way you shouldn't use technology. So, okay, long story, but uh, the first thing you should realize is, so w what's the purpose of this app? So what FunMaker Go apps is, is great for is collecting data and looking up data. Um, so collecting, so is it a good for processing data? No, not really. Uh, you don't want to wait for a script that has to run for half an hour. Uh, where you really can't do anything. So it's good for collecting data. Uh, so immediately you need to just look into, so what are the workflows that this uh, app can help solve? Um, so, so that's the thing where, that's actually the first thing. And that's before you even go out and design anything. Uh, you need to find out what's, what's the purpose and, and what's the workflows that could benefit from, from uh, a FileMaker Go app, right? Uh, the second thing, when, when, when you have found the purpose uh, or when you have the purpose and, uh, and you know the workflows uh, that it has to solve, then a lot of stuff gives itself, if you can use that expression in English, um, because then immediately, you know, okay, so we have to... Um, be able to uh, so let's say what's what's the purpose of an app? Uh, it could be uh, uh, checking inventory stocks. Uh, let's say in a warehouse, house you need to go out and uh, count that you have the items that you think you have. So so immediately you know we have to have a way of looking up products. So maybe we have a barcode on the shelf where we could scan that barcode. Okay, so we need a barcode scanning stuff, uh, a feature uh, that can scan the barcode and look up the barcode in the product database. Okay, and then what do we really need to know about this product? Do we need to know how many we have purchased of this product uh, in the last 10 years? No, we just need to be able to count how many we should have in stock and maybe we should see how many uh, the system tells us we should have in stock and so on, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the purpose and, and that's the workflow. And since you have the purpose and the workflow, you already know, okay, which features do we need? Which fields do we need to display? And a general rule, uh, especially in FileMaker Go is that only show what you really need to show. 
if you're cluttering up the interface with more information than you need, um, then you immediately become ineffective when you're using the app. Uh, and that's that's a real battle, not only in FileMaker Go, also in, in desktop uh, applications where, uh, well, you know, uh, Albert has some great workshops where where basically you bring your app uh, to the workshop and then uh, in the classroom, it's uh, he showcased that or you showcase that uh, uh, on, on the uh, big screen and then uh, he say okay so this this so you have a delete button here okay so on the list view so there's a delete button on all rows is that really needed or could that be solved in other ways okay so that's not really needed so let's let's remove that so if we look at this column it's the same all the way through should we do we need that or could we re remove it so and and that's approach where uh, it's so easy to add stuff. The hard task is to remove stuff from, from the screen. And when we are talking about FileMaker Go, especially, you need to remove as much as possible, really, uh, especially what's not needed. Generally, it seems like a, a, a FileMaker Go app needs to have purpose it needs to have you know it needs to be able to solve some problems but it's not it's not a replication of the the client app exactly just on the device right yeah it's, exactly it, it may you know if if your um, client app solves 20 problems this solves one or two of those Ex that, exactly um, or maybe not one or two of those 20 problems but one or exactly. two other problems that the desktop yeah. app is not solving. Okay, so it, that's in, that's in, that's a good point that, that I actually have never heard before until you started saying it. Is that it, a FileMaker Go app should? It's very limited in scope. There's no. It's it, it, maybe this is what IKEA did, right? Did they just try to replicate their website exactly in a smaller space? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first good principle to follow <laughs> when designing a Go app is number one, see if you even need it. And number two, um, limit its scope. Have you ever had to tell a client, you think you need this, this yeah. FileMaker Go app, but you really don't? Have you ever need, had to say I, that? Yeah, I, I say that a lot, but not only for FileMaker Go apps, it's... Uh, it, it's when when our uh, customers realize the power of the FileMaker platform. Actually, in, in general, they don't even care about FileMaker or whatever. They uh -huh. they just uh, they just care about the solution. But they they learn very fast that that uh, the sky is the limit. So basically, whatever they can think of, we can solve that in some way. But uh, very often they come with stuff where oh could we make it do this or could we make it do that or and they say yeah we could but why uh, yeah it it would be cool yeah but I'm not gonna <laughs> build it uh, e even though maybe it's a hundred hours of development and it's uh, you know it's money, good money. Uh, maybe it's it's not good it's, to me it's not good money um, good money is where uh, I add value 
Um, so, so I've said several times to, to customers, you know, this feature, it's not worth uh, doing it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so stupid to do that. Yeah, sure, I would make money, but I, I, would, f- I would feel that I was robbing you uh, for money because, uh, and I don't think that's honest. Uh, what's honest is to say, you know, this is stupid. Uh, it doesn't bring uh, value to you. Uh, so, for example, I've had some customers saying, so couldn't you build an accounting system in FileMaker? I said, sure, I could, but why? Uh-huh. Yeah, but it, it would be cool because then it could run with all the other stuff. Yeah, but it's so much better to integrate with a, an accounting system that's already in place because, you know, accounting is boring and uh, it has to follow some rules and they are different from country uh, country to country. Um, but uh, there are people out there, uh, you know, you have thousands of other companies that have the exact same needs for accounting systems that you do so why should we build something that's already on the shelf and they uh, uh, and these products can solve your problem uh, off the shelf and then we can integrate that will add much more value so so especially when filemaker go came out in you know in the early days and and you know filemaker uh yeah, Claris now, but Funmega at that time, um, they have, you know, they are good at sending emails to everyone. Uh, so the customers also got this uh, email. So now we have a, a Funmega Go client that can run on an iPad. And customers said, oh, could we have our system running on the iPad? They said, yeah, but why? Well, it could be cool. Uh, no, it couldn't. No, it couldn't because it has to solve some good problems, uh, solve some specific problems. You know. So, how do we want to? You want to type on the screen? You know, have you seen the keyboard on the screen? Oh, yeah, that's 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 small. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And when you have the keyboard on the screen, you can't. You can only see half of the screen. So, is that really no? Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so I've said no uh, several times for for that because it's 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 not a good thing, and, and you know it it all comes back to you know you have to ask the question on pretty much everything you do. That uh, that's a philosophy I've I've been trying to live by for for many years now, not only in filmmaker world but in in general. That is that there has to be a purpose. What's the purpose of this? So I th- I think that maybe that's also why I don't do computer gaming because I have so such a hard time to to find any real purpose for that. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's let's get technical and talk mm. specifically about some things. You mentioned the typing that that it really is hard to type on on especially a iOS device. Um, uh, uh, iPhone. Mm-hmm. What do you do if the customer insists on, you know, being able to enter data? How how do you solve that particular problem on the Go app? Yeah. So so luckily we have a a, a lot of options um, because what do you really need to input here uh, in a FileMaker Go um, solution? I would say 80 to 90% of the data you need to input is values that we already know. 
So if we already know what value you want to input, uh, maybe not the specific value, but but a list of values that you would choose from. So we have value lists. So we can choose from value lists, or we could do um, a picker layout if it's small. So let's say you need to pick a uh, customer. Uh, so maybe you have a hundred customers. That's a very long value list that you have to scroll through. So so we can build a, a list picker or kind of picker where you can uh, filter out that um, that list, and then you can just pick and. At the end of the day, you typically end up with just a kind of a node field that you really want to type in some free text. Um, and even doing so, you can use, uh, I think we got that in FileMaker Go 14. It, actually, it's not a FileMaker Go feature, but it was the dictation feature of the iOS that came out with whatever version of iOS that came out at the same time. Um, so you were actually able to uh, to do that. Um, I, I did a, a session in Vegas on, on FileMaker Go 14 where I had a, um, I had a demo file where, <laughs> uh, where you could speak a command. <laughs> so that was actually, that was <laughs> what, what, is now in in FileMaker Go 19 where you can do uh, talk to Siri and have Siri run a workflow that calls a script in FileMaker Go. Um, but you could actually do that in 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 FileMaker Go 14 um, just by being a little bit creative with the dictation. Okay, so it, it occurs to me that you're right. It's really tough to type. On on that, we've already established that. I have mm-hmm. so many problems typing texts mm-hmm. or through Slack, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to type and you, you make a lot of mistakes. So your idea of using, you know, value lists determined by the data that's already in the table or in other list, uh, the yeah. value list setup, it solves that problem because you're not going to have nearly as many mistakes, data entry mistakes, if you... Don't let people type on yeah. the on an iP- iPhone, right? Yeah, for uh, sure. It, it's yeah, the same, it's the same reason that barcodes were invented, right? And nowadays we have uh, you know RFID uh, tags. Well, uh, they have been around for a very long time, actually. Uh, the first RFID tags were invented back in the fifties, uh, which was actually a part of. Well, that's that's another story, but um, it, it was during the spy times uh, during the Cold War uh, in in the fifties, where where uh, there were some uh, engineers in the uh, American U.S. military, I think uh, that, uh, or maybe it was actually in CIA or or NSA at that time they invented this uh, RFID chip, which is the the concept is brilliant, where you actually send radio waves to a passive chip that uh, that gets that gets fueled with energy from that radio wave enough that it can generate power, so it can transmit back a uh, a signal with a with a code in. It's a it's it's an amazing technology actually. Um, so it has been around for a long time, and it's it's. 
you know, a, a RFID tech uh, is also called NFC techs, um, near field communication, but it's it's the same technology, whatever you call it. There are different versions of that that uh, operates on different uh, wavelengths. Um, but um, in essence, it's just a digital barcode. It's it's just a chip sending out a barcode um, for that. And and both the RFID tags, or it's more popular to call them NFC tags now. Uh, it's actually the same with iBeacons. Uh, it's basically sending a, a code to your device so that you don't enter, uh, you know, mistype something. Um, so it's basically yeah. the same. So, so I mean, building FileMaker Go, where where you look at at the fields and and the input that you need to take uh, in, in the field, and looking at uh, so how much do we really need? And if the if the dogma is that uh, typing is bad, uh, not all typing is bad, and some is needed and necessary, but whatever we can figure out. Uh, from value lists, or maybe if you put this value into a field, we can immediately figure out what would be in that field and the other field and the third three ah. fields, right? So, yeah. and, and that and that circles back to the workflow design. Um, I, I didn't hear your uh, the podcast where uh, about that, but uh, I'm imagining that. Uh, that it's it's all about talking about workflows, and you know that's what we have been doing for many years. Sometimes without really realizing that we were doing workflow design, but mm-hmm. that's really what we're doing. We are designing workflows. Everything we do in FileMaker is designing workflows that solves a problem. And mm-hmm. if you visualize a workflow, uh, I, I like to draw a lot. I'm very visual. Um, uh, I'm I'm a creative person, and and that means my left brain is functioning better than my right brain. Um, so I like to visualize, um, and, and you you know, pen and paper is perfect in the in that um, uh, in that uh, use case where where you just you know draw boxes and and draw. Um, uh, strings between those boxes in order to visualize a work workflow, and you know if you need more than one paper to describe a workflow, then you know you have a com- a workflow that is probably too complicated. So then you can go in and look and 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 look at the the uh, parts or items on on the workflow and say, so could we take out some of these boxes and simplify the workflow? And you know that's probably what we're doing every day, already. That's, you make me think of something. In, you know, it's always a challenge to design workflows, even in client, right? Even on the desktop. So, if you're, you know, maybe an interesting exercise would be, even if it's not called for, first design this for FileMaker Go, mm-hmm. see how bare bones you can get it, and then scale it up just a bit for for the client. <laughs> But, you know, the client, we, we can access every feature. We can access, you know, the huge screen that we're looking at. But do we really need that stuff? Maybe designing for FileMaker Go is an exercise in restraint for us, you know? 
Maybe uh, maybe every developer, as they're learning FileMaker, should hmm. first learn how to design for FileMaker Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, a couple of years ago, it was uh, mobile first. That was the you know that was the hot stuff uh, where everyone was saying, okay, so you need to design for mobile first because that's so limited, and then we just oh, okay. you know stretch everything out. Um, and I mean, yeah, um, when you're when you're developing your skills, I think that's a good exercise, right? But um, I I really don't think it's it's a good exercise to do that when you're building a system. Well, it depends on your uh, experience and expertise as well. I think because it's you know I've I've been around for so many years that I. I've been accustomed to to do complex thinking in in different levels. So, so for me, it's it's easy enough, or or it's natural enough for me to think of okay. So, so when you sit at 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 your desktop with a, a laptop or or a, a desktop computer. Uh, what are the information that you need there? What are the problems? What are the workflows that you need to solve there? And typically, um, you know, that's the back office or the backbone system that you're looking at. And so should we really remove all the information from that? If it's not there, why is it in the system anyways? Um, and and typically in, in many of the the systems that we build uh for for customers who have a lot of information it has to be somewhere um so so the the real challenge there is to make it fit in in, in a good way where you don't clutter up the design uh, and you separate stuff into smaller parts um which we have been doing for you know as long as we have been having tap controls um which were actually also one of the most amazing features of was it filemaker 5 or 6 i think mm-hmm. um because you could divide the screen uh instead of having to to change layouts all the time so but yeah sure um, <laughs> again it comes down to what's the purpose uh, and you know you when you do a filemaker go uh, application you have to think about the purpose especially um but the same goes for a desktop okay so let's 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 get specific and just talk about this um i think it's obvious that when you design for FileMaker Go, you, you're you not just replicating layouts mm. that you made for the client for for a, a desktop. Is that correct? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and for several reasons. Uh, one of the most obvious reasons that you don't just replicate is the form factor. You know, even, even with the giant uh, iPads, it's not the same as a as a laptop or a desktop, and one of the things you also need to to keep in mind when you design for FileMaker Go is that um, what's your pointing device? So it's your finger 
Oh, it's your finger. Okay. When, uh, and that was a real big challenge in, in the start because we were so used to doing, you know, we have the mouse point and click, and that was really precise. Um, uh, so when you have, when you design for FileMaker Go, you need to make everything bigger. The fields need to be bigger. The buttons especially needs to be bigger. Uh, the fonts needs to, in general, be bigger uh, as well. So just because that everything needs to be bigger, you have much less space to work with. So that's that's one very obvious reason that you shouldn't just replicate. And then again, you know, what's the purpose? Uh, and especially mm -hmm. when you do the designing for for. Uh, you know, iOS or 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 iPhone, uh, no, iPad or iPhone. You you really need to 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 ask yourself the question: What's the purpose of this information? What's the purpose of this button? What's the purpose of having this field? Um, and if you don't have a good purpose or a good reason to have it, then it shouldn't be there. Let's say we're on a form view in FileMaker, in FileMaker Pro. We're looking at a customer and we're looking at all of the customer's um, invoices over a certain amount of time. Um, the, obviously, it depends on the workflow, but I guess I could see a, a FileMaker Go layout that shows the customer. It doesn't need a portal mm -hmm. for all the invoices over the year. It seems like to me that... If you're on your app on your phone in FileMaker Go, you're wanting to look up a customer. You don't, you're not there to look at their historical data. You may be looking there to get a phone number or an email and call them or email them right from your phone. Right? Those yeah. are some considerations that you need to you need to look at your app, look at your layout, and say which of this stuff would be useful on the phone for its specific purpose. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and you know, maybe for um... Again, this depends on what's the purpose of this app. So is it just a kind of context database uh, app that you are running? Or are you the person who are going out to the customer in the field and taking orders? So if you do that, maybe some of the historical data was interesting, but not their invoices. Their invoices is not interesting. But which product did they purchase yeah. within the last three months or so. So if you have them, you can say, oh, so, you know, that chair or whatever you're selling, uh, by the way, do you need more of those? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I do. Okay, so let's let's order some more, right? So you can just press the, the products and enter the amount that they want to order, and then, uh, you know, you're able to do more sale because you can remind the customer of the... Uh, of the products that they bought from you within yeah. the last three months, and oh yeah, it's it's oh yeah. Now I think of it, that was really cool. That product, uh, yeah. Let me get some more of those. Or, uh, so you can okay. you can do more sale, and by by having a feature like that, you can add value to your customer as a developer, right? One thing uh, Alexis talked about in her DevCon session and in her episode was that, you know, there's a lot of reasons for not using a list view in um, a FileMaker a FileMaker Pro app. Um, list views, 
her, to kind of sort of summarize, she said list views sort of list and form views sort of um, replicate the the uh, design, the data structure of the of the system. But a workflow may not need a list view. Are are lists good in FileMaker Go? Uh, you know, we always we always read questions about this list is is uh, scrolling. It takes a long time to scroll. It's really slow to render. Um, so, I mean, do you use list views really? in FileMaker Go? Are they a thing? Yeah, yeah. Wanting to say that, yeah, list views is great f- for performance. <laughs> uh, is it okay? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, there were some some versions in 11, 12, maybe 13. Yeah, well, 12 and 13 because they, they changed uh, the um, interface uh, from, from the old code into CSS-based. So there were some, you know, things to be aware of, especially with theming and, and so on. And then they optimized the engine uh, dramatically in 14 and even better in the later versions. Uh, but list views, uh, nowadays, they are really performance. Um, so when is a list view not performant? Well, it again, it depends on what do you put on them. And it depends on your data structure. So do you have a lot of unstored calculated fields that you're showing on that list view that is calculating and getting data from two or three or four TOs away? Uh, or do you just display some simple information, right? Um, and what do you really need to show on those list views? Uh, do you need to show... So again, what is really needed? What's the purpose of this list? If typically a list is great for picking the right uh, the right record to to uh, uh, look up details, right? So that's that's a good way of using uh, list views. Okay, I, I, that's that's good to know. Um, I. Was, was, I'm looking at my email app right now, and it it's a basically it's a, just a list view of all my emails. So exactly. I click on one, and it moves over. Um, okay, uh, so you mentioned uh, fonts being bigger and and fields being bigger. Um, how how do you know what to do on that? Where what what do you use as sort of guiding principles for um, designing so that we can read them and and touch the appropriate things? Yeah. Um, so Apple, uh, kind of invented the, not invented, but, uh, really, uh, uh, released the first great platform for mobile devices. Uh, they didn't really invented it, but the way of, uh, of using your finger as a pointing device, uh, was something they, uh, uh, were very innovative about. So the good thing about Apple, for for our point of view, is that they have so many so much money that they can afford to uh, hire a lot of people, a lot of brilliant people, and especially for design, uh, they have a lot of uh, brilliant people. And Apple has a um, um, uh, philosophy that uh, if the apps if the software running on their 
platform is not as good as their engineering stuff, uh, hardware, and their operating system, then the user, the end user, will will have a bad experience. And Apple is is really keen on on they are really focusing on the end user. Even if they are not building the software, they want everyone that is building software for their platforms to build amazing apps uh, and amazing software. And how can they do that? Well, one thing is that they have this uh, uh, development uh, application called uh, Xcode, which is a great app, and they give it away for free. And then one could wonder why do they give it away for free? Well, simply because um, it, it will attract uh, developers to do, develop applications for their platform. And by doing that, uh, it brings more value to the platform. It's more likely that a, an end user will buy their computer or their devices if there's some cool software for that. And Apple can't build that themselves. Okay, that was long stuff, but <laughs> in the end, they, they, they released a uh, really great lengthy document called uh, Human Interface Guide. And that uh, Human Interface Guide has a lot of very useful stuff, including talking about uh, font sizes that should be around 16 points uh, and about how to place stuff on, on uh, the layout. And that is extremely useful when you want to build uh, iOS apps. Which includes FileMaker Go apps. Do you have? Do you uh, look that up, or do you know it by heart? Um, you- I, I've read it a couple of times, and they <laughs> revision it. Uh, they revision it, re- version it uh, a couple of times, and uh, and I've read that uh, as well because you know, uh, ten years, fifteen years ago, uh, the Aqua design was cool. Uh, then we had, uh, you know, buttons that had to be, uh, like you had a feel for it and then flat design was the big thing. So every time they, they come up with what's new, the, the hot new stuff, they, they revisioning, uh, versioning the, the, uh, human interface guide, um, for that. So, so that's a really good, uh, source for, uh, for, getting tips on design that works in general. And most of it, you can just apply directly to a FileMaker Go application. Nice. Okay. That's good to know. Um, any other, any other considerations that come into your head when you're designing a Go, a Go app that we haven't talked about? Uh, well, maybe just, just a small tip. Um, yeah. So, because I uh, I noticed that you you had something about colors. What about colors? Oh yes. Um, <clears throat> and you know, in in general, um, and, and that that actually goes for a a desktop application as well. You know, the mm-hmm. the first uh, uh, FileMaker application I built, uh, you know, twenty six years ago, it was really colorful, <laughs> uh, to say it at least. There were pretty much any color of the rainbow uh, on each layout. <laughs> and it looked awesome, I thought. But uh-huh. if you're working in, in a solution, you know, for three or four or five or six hours a day, then all those colors is just, you know, 
blowing up your mind and you're you know you're ready to go to bed after uh, <laughs> when you go uh, uh, home from work so so we already had uh, you know considerations on that when i mean when you looked at filemaker applications that were built even from top developers in the community uh, from before filemaker 12 man most of those were ugly as Hoo-ha. Um <laughs> and then uh, um and you know it, it, it was it was even worse if you had to go and work in that uh, solution for you know for a full day uh luckily we got the new uh, stuff and and filemaker uh, focused more on on the interface uh i think Apple was was encouraged encouraging there, there was a, a saying that oh this doesn't even look like a filemaker application um and you know uh, j- just having that saying that it, it something looked like a, a filemaker application was you know okay so it's so ugly that it must be a filemaker application luckily <laughs> that has Luckily, that has changed. Um, so, so that's of course one of the things you need to to be aware of when you look at the design at, at the UI. So, what kind of colors do you put on? Um, and then, when you're uh, if you're building something for FileMaker Go, if you have something in the header part, uh, if it's uh, the uh, I'm just looking here, the top navigation or button navigation oh, yeah. or header or footer. Um, yep. if you have that in those parts, if you had them on your layout, if those parts are a single color, then, uh, then the color will fill up over the Chrome. So meaning if you're oh. looking at your iPhone and, uh, if you have a new iPhone, uh, where, where the screen uh, is uh, filling up to the edge, and then you have this, um, you know, the the speaker and the camera uh, that's kind of go down uh, into the screen. Uh, if if you have something that is not a single color in in the header part, it will stop just below the uh, the uh, speaker. If you have a single color up there, it will will fill up to the edge of the screen. The same goes for for the button navigation. So even though uh, you know there's also some themes in in FileMaker, uh, um, and especially the theme uh, enlightening, enlighten it uh, that gets assigned by default in in most apps. Uh, it has a gradient in the footer part because it's a gradient in the footer part. It doesn't go to the edge. Um, it stops before the edge, uh, so so if you have a, like I said, the the uh, a single color, it will fill out the screen, and that will make your FileMaker Go application feel much more native. So so you don't use twenty colors anymore. You just use no, no, uh, no, just a couple of colors, and yeah. and you know, uh, red and green, you know, and yellow, that works. It's it's like a yeah. traffic light. Everyone knows what red and green and yellow stands for, right? Yep. Yeah. So so those colors are are they still work? So, 
So we, we talked a little bit ago about a, file, a FileMaker Go app being um, different. You know, it, it serves a limited scope. Um, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't. It doesn't have all the fields on the layouts or the portals or the objects or anything. Um, but it should still feel and look like the app that it's coming from, right? Um, do you do you purposely try to design? apps both on for in the same filemaker file you're designing layouts that are filemaker go specific and filemaker nope. pro specific no nope. nope. no you're not no no, no. Uh, because i don't keep it in the same file oh okay it's good point talk to files. us about that yeah talk to us about that yeah well um this <laughs> That's one of the things with FileMaker that is, uh, you know, it's awesome, but it's also terrible. Um, you, uh, and there are uh, several things in FileMaker that is both awesome and terrible at the same time. It's, it's you know, it's like eating a chili uh, that is covered in chocolate, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, okay. Ah, oh, 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 what the hell is going on here? It's It's great <laughs> and it's... You know, and the chili, if they, if that's uh, chili pepper is, is really strong, then you you also have the joy of it the next day, right? Um, <laughs> so, so and it, it, it's the same thing with several uh, uh, areas of FileMaker um, where you can build a complete solution within a single file. It has both the data uh layer it has the uh logic layer and it has the interface layer that is yep. unique for filemaker it's one of the things that is oh so cool but at the same time it's terrible as hell <laughs> and why is it terrible well it depends really um uh so there's some good reasons for separating stuff um, and this also in the FileMaker community comes down to religion. Uh, are you a single file guy or is you, <laughs> are you a data separation guy? Um, so I'm, I'm on the data separation uh, team. Um, so, so and, and I mean, there's, there's, especially when you're doing FileMaker Go applications, if you have a desktop app, uh, and you say, okay, so I want to build a FileMaker Go application here. If you're just building new layouts for that in your existing file, so think about it. You have the the existing file, and to serve all the workflows that you have uh, built in for the last 10 years, uh, that file has maybe 200 layouts and maybe 500 scripts and if you keep the data layer in the same file, maybe you have, I don't know, 100, 150 tables or whatever, uh, and a ton of data, and you want to drag that onto your iPhone. I mean, it's, you know, it's like uh, it's like taking a, you know, a big trailer from, you know, a truck trailer uh, full of uh, of stuff. And 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 putting it back on your bicycle, right? It's <laughs> okay. like, why would you do that? It doesn't. To me, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm sure you can find people who, who find it perfectly uh, good uh, to do that. But 
But the thing is that when you do that, or if you're using some of the same scripts that should go to a layout, and then, oh no, it's doing you know something that you can't do on FileMaker Go, or it is going because it's used in a reporting uh, feature where it has to fetch, I don't know, say 10,000 records or something, and you accidentally go to that, or you use the same script, and then it's doing stuff in the background that that makes the the go application extremely slow i mean why on earth would you do that so no no i always use a fresh file for 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 the filemaker go application um and most of the time the so so what's the great thing about filemaker go yeah it can run on uh, on a mobile device yeah sure but the really great thing is that it doesn't have to be connected to your backend system it doesn't it can run offline right so that's the really cool stuff the really cool thing about filemaker go it is that you can you can run it offline so if you are running a salesforce application it is running online all the other uh, systems out there or competitors pretty much they are running online, right? So it could be a website, but you have to have connectivity um, and you can risk cluttering up uh, a lot of stuff there um, and fetching data that you you don't need, right? So, um, so that's another reason to build it in a file that can be deployed to the, uh, yeah. to the device itself. I, I want to talk about that, but you uh, also make me think of it's interesting you also make me realize that not only um having your file your filemaker go app in a separate file from your pro not only does it reduce like the overhead of everything involved in the pro app since you're only using a small subset of your actual data or or functionality or you even have brand new functionality but it you don't have to build in a bunch of crazy complex logic to go to the right layout depending on the device, right? Mm -hmm, You're, mm -hmm. And two people can be developing the same, uh, for the same client, the same app on their respective, for their respective devices, mm -hmm. and you're not getting any cross issues. So we at Guys Interactive think, we've gone back and forth and uh, we like a separation of concerns, we like separate files, but we're actually starting to think about single files again. But I would, I would I would fall on your side of this and say for a FileMaker Go app, it's probably a good idea to keep it to keep the Go stuff in a separate app. Um, mm. The problem is that comes with the syncing, and I, I want you to speak to that a little bit. Um, you're you're dealing with syncing issues here, and as as Todd says, syncing is really hard, and it's it hasn't been <laughs> solved perfectly yet. So, and I don't even know if FileMaker 19 has any ways to solve it better. It might with the new data, uh, execute data API script step, maybe, I don't know, but nope. talk to us about syncing. And I know you could go on for like three hours, so try to keep it down to 15 minutes or so, you know, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the, that's one of the other things uh, that, uh, I've I've been trying to do a lot of stuff around and uh, and Todd has as well, uh, especially uh, he even built a product for the 
Um, other uh, other uh, colleagues in in the community has built products for it as well. Um, and it has been a requested feature for uh, FileMaker uh, feature. So where is the synchronize feature? Um, yeah. And, and and actually, people within FileMaker has has also asked. So how can we build a syncing feature? And I think both both me and Todd said you can't. It's not possible. And, and why? Yeah, but I can do that with my iPhone. You know, my contacts database is is uh, that is syncing, right? And it does that automatically. I want the same thing for for the FileMaker app. And and then you know when when I have customers saying, so why isn't this uh, so simple uh, when you can do it with the, with the contacts app? Well, you know, you have a contacts app on your iPhone, you have it on your computer, and you want to synchronize your customer, uh, your contacts database with yourself between different devices. Okay, so this is a single user synchronization, right? And even with that, it's it's a challenge. Uh, which were I uh, haven't seen it for a long time, but um, uh, the thing is that uh, you could you could have uh, when you try to synchronize your iPhone with your computer, uh, maybe you had the same contact, or if it was the calendar, maybe you had the same uh, events, but then you would have a screen saying, "Oh, so here's a conflict." Uh, I have a version on your iPhone and I have one on your computer. Which one should we keep during this uh, synchronization process? And then you had to make a decision doing that. Most people forgot that, uh, that they had to do this. Um, so it, and I'm totally in line with, uh, with, I know Todd has the same thinking about this. And, and that is that synchronization is so hard, especially in a multi-user environment. Because which, if you have a record on multiply devices with multiply users, and you have two users that are doing modifications on the same record or in the same field on the same record in separate places at the same time, which one should win? Which one is most important, right? So you have to set up rules for that. And then you also. Uh, when you synchronize between a FileMaker Go application and your backend system, um, so what should be synchronized? What, which modifications is better uh, than the other ones? And that comes down to designing your workflow and designing the purpose of the app. So, what's the purpose of? of the FileMaker Go app, should you really change this information in the, on the FileMaker Go side? If you should, then when you send it back to the server, it must be the most recent uh, information that you're synchronizing back uh, or sending back. So this, um, I think maybe Todd said this uh, some years ago in, in a uh, DevCon session, uh, there is no such thing as synchronization. Um, and that's really, that's really the point. Uh, you you can transfer data, 
uh, and that's easy enough to do. But really synchronize? No, not really. Um, that's a big part of your FileMaker Go custom app development process is is to think about that and you know try to work work solve that problem. You yeah. both you and Todd say it's it's really impossible. It's pretty close to impossible. So you you really have to think about that as you're designing. Is that a breaking point sometimes for you in designing no. a Go app that's offline? No, not really no? because okay. Um, it's a matter of uh, of realizing. So, who's the owner of this bit of information? Is that the backend system that owns this data? Okay, so if the backend system owns this data, then then the input, the changes to this data, this particular part of data, has to be done in the backend system. And and if it's owned by the the backend system, and there's no real good reason that you should be able to change that in the FileMaker Go application, then you just have a read-only field for that part of information, right? But, you know, typically, what's again, what's the purpose? If you have a, let's say, a contacts database where you are doing modifications on uh, 100 customers every day, uh, do you really want to do that in a FileMaker Go application where you need to type in a lot of stuff, for example? So no, because we just we just said that avoid typing in FileMaker Go, right? Because it's it's not a good device for typing. Um, so so that's where where and 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 the other thing is so what what are the purpose of the FileMaker Go app? So maybe you are taking orders when you go out there. So you're taking an order. An order that's a new record with some uh, attached uh, order lines, um, and maybe you have some products that you relate to the order lines, and and then you have a new set of records. So now you just have a, a new set of records that you need to push back into the backend system. Um, and so, so that's not difficult because that's new data, and that's uh, that has its origin in uh, on the FileMaker Go. I mean, it it was a challenge in the start uh, because we were used to do primary keys as serial numbers, um, and then you suddenly had distributed databases. Um, around and every database is coming up with their own serial number so we had over overlaps and when you're using primary keys that uh, that has overlaps then sometimes you had some really funky orders in the backend system when uh, you know uh, order lines were suddenly related to old orders and and so on right so uh, the UUID um, we uh, we started uh, having some custom functions uh, to generate these uh, UUIDs before FileMaker put in a native version. Um, but UUIDs really solved that uh, problem because you know it's it's um, generated by the distributed database that that uh, creates the record, and then that's the primary key that lives on forever. Um, so and it's really rare that you end up with uh, virtually almost impossible to end up with two records with the same UUID. 
it can happen in theory. Um, I had it happen when we were using the custom function. Uh, it wasn't as robust as the uh, get UUID. Actually, the first version of get UUID um, had some bugs, so we actually saw something bad there, but it, it was fixed, and, and now they are unique. So that's actually, uh, again, Todd and I talked about primary keys recently. That's another good reason to use UUIDs. I think he mentioned that too, is when you're bringing in data from distributed databases, as you said, you want yeah. You can't rely on serial numbers anymore. Okay, no. good, good, good point. And thanks for thanks for bringing that up. Which is also a, a good reason for, I think, for pushing FileMaker to introduce primary keys in uh, in FileMaker. Exactly. Yeah, we're we, we're getting there, right? You can you can have the default fields uh, file in your system somewhere, and it will create something that's tagged as a primary key field. But right now, we don't have any user interface for that. Um, no, no. And the no. important thing is that it has to be in the data API. Okay. Okay. That's, good. That's point. where we really really need primary keys. Okay. The concept of primary keys. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, you know, maybe you and Todd and uh, I should talk about syncing at some point. You you said a lot of what he says, but I know you you both could go on for hours about <laughs> that. So we'll we'll have you on for another time. But um, that's the that's a hard, and I like the idea that you you know if I I like that that consideration that that is definitely a consideration at the very beginning of a of a Go development. Uh, if you're just pulling down data to look at it, that's one thing. If you're creating new records, that's another thing. If you're trying to edit records and then send them back up to the system, that's another thing in itself. So yeah, three that's separate really, considerations. That's, that's really difficult. But but the reason that you can't do a synchronization uh, feature or in natively in FileMaker is yeah. that the business rules dictate how synchronization or exchanging of data between distributed databases should happen. And yeah. that is not something that FileMaker can or they should never try to guess uh. what is the business rules for this specific app. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, we're, we're, uh, we're doing good here. We're talking a lot about Go and I like how technical we're getting. It's you're, uh, getting down in the weeds. So thanks for that. Um, I'm sure you could do this in your sleep, talk about <clears throat> technical and FileMaker Go. Um, but I wanted to take a couple minutes now to talk about your work in designing FileMaker, uh, the, uh, FileMaker Go app, uh, DevCon to Go. Uh, mm -hmm. you've done that for quite a few years now. And I just, I want to hear your experience in doing that, how you uh, went about developing it, what the purpose of the app was for, uh, and so forth. So, um, yeah, talk to us yeah. about that. How long have you been designing that app to start? Um, oh, I think the first version were in 14 or 15, FileMaker Go 14 or 15. Okay. Um, yeah, before that, the, the DevCon to Go was an invention of, I think, a system. They were called system engineers. I think they are called, uh, you know, the same title as you have now. 
Yep. Uh, evangelist. Evangelist. I'm, yeah, that's that's okay. that's a new posh word in in the states. I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but, but I, I think it was invented by one of these uh, guys in uh, in FileMaker, and there were really no owner of of the app uh, before I took over, and it had already it was built in FileMaker uh, eleven, and it was really not uh, you know. It, it just had some ads, add-ons to that, so it was really not that great, I think, in in the start. So, mm-hmm. um, especially because there were no one owning that project. So let's talk about it. The DevCon to Go app was built for FileMaker DevCon. It's meant to be on our phones, to and it's an offline system uh, to help us find our way around the uh, the conference area to look at the schedule, to make a plan for the day, to learn about the speakers and so forth. So uh, yeah. it was a free app that you developed uh, that, that, first of all, fi- started at FileMaker Inc. and you developed and um, it, it went from there. Uh, describe its purpose. Uh, I, I just described it, but yeah. whatever else I missed, uh, tell, me, tell me about FileMaker yeah. Go app. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the first uh, we we need to have the history uh, perspective uh, here. So, so before FileMaker Go um, for the conference, there were a printed uh, schedule, uh, and there were printed information. It it was basically you you got a book uh, when you registered for uh, for uh, the DevCon. Um, uh, the thing with with the printed uh, schedule were that. Uh, there's always changes to the schedule. So sometimes they had some uh, extra printed paper uh, that were put into the book even when you got it because uh, it came off the press maybe two weeks before and then some changes happened and they had to print out paper uh, papers um, that you should add to your book. Uh, so the defcon to go app was initially a... a uh, an app that had to replace that book that printed uh, hard copy. Um, so that's that's the main purpose of the app. It is to display the, uh, the schedule, and there has to be a way of updating that uh, for the changes that happens uh, for the schedule. Uh, so that was the main purpose. Uh, when I took over, um, it was also because I had a... S- Dev concession about FileMaker Go, and and I had been doing uh, demo files like everyone is doing for uh, for their sessions, right? And uh, demo files are nice because they showcase a feature, but then you just show a feature, and then you could see, oh, that's that's brilliant, yeah, that's that's a nice feature, but what's the purpose? How can how can it bring value in the real world? So um, so I really wanted to build some uh, some features that could be used in real life. And we are all at the conference, and we have this app. So why not build in features, uh, some of the new features into that app? Yeah. So that you could try test them out in real life, in, in a real life situation at a conference where everyone is already. So that was the second purpose. So the main purpose is, of course, uh, having the schedule there and, uh, and introducing the speakers and uh, showcasing the sponsors. 
um, and um, and linking to uh, you know the events and 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 stuff that is happening at DevCon. This this for for people who haven't been at DevCon, there's a lot of stuff going on in those three or four days. Um, so so it's it's hard to keep track, and also the layout of the conference, uh, I, I, the session rooms um in in well in in vegas it was spread all over uh so it was really hard to find your way so so it was natural to have a wayfinder um kind of a, a map showing where should i go if i want to go to this session so it it has two purposes talking or, or giving you information about the conference content uh, and being able to update that on the fly or or uh, during the conference, uh, even up uh, up until before the conference as well. Um, also, it had to take um, what's it called? You know, uh, when you do a session, you do notes, notes, session yeah, notes. Note. Yeah, well, that was that was another thing. Uh, but you wanted to uh, do evaluations. Of the oh, sessions. Exactly, yeah. That's yeah. that's really important for the speaker uh, to get evaluations, so so you can learn how how did it well yeah how did it go, but um, more importantly, where could I improve uh, my skills as a, a speaker? Um, so that was really Im- important, and then I wanted to put in uh, those new features because. Um, one of the things I've learned over the years is that we get a lot of new features. Uh, some people will complain we don't get enough new features, but we get a lot of new features. And I've been speaking with uh, developers who are uh, not on the forefront or, or they are just still developing in a couple of versions back. And they don't even know how these new features work or how should I get started with them. So another purpose with the app was to build in the features and build the code so that it was easy to understand. That's also why you can go in and, and, well, the the app is completely open, so you can go in and grab all the code and steal everything from in there. And and that's on uh, on purpose that that we did that because um, the new features um, sometimes okay so so this IP and stuff okay how okay now I get how it works but how do I write the code how do I write the scripts in order to make this work uh, in real life and then the DevCon to Go app is is a perfect example for where you can get the code. And because there are so many skill levels in the community, I uh, spend a lot of time trying to document almost every single script step. Uh, not everything, but every single script step. It's also uh, when you look at the loops, for example, uh, they are very explicit that I set a counter, set variable, dollar count. Um, instead of doing $i for iteration, because uh, iteration is something a programmer will understand. But if you're not a programmer or, or, or you know, not that experienced developer, $i doesn't mean anything for you. But if you say dollar $count, oh, 
I get that. Okay, so we are counting something, right? And we have a counter that that is at the end of the the loop. It says, okay, dollar count plus one, uh, and so on. So, so the code is uh, is meant to be very easy to understand uh, and very easy to grab. Um, and maybe that result in in scripts that is uh, more lengthy, maybe in some cases than than others. Um, and then I also put in some of my own cowboy, cowboy th- tricks um, because I, th- I think they they bring some some value that can be used in in other places as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that it's good that you uh, put in the new features of FileMaker, and it just happened to be that you know. A, a May release meant you could show off those features at DevCon in the in the you know July August time. So mm-hmm. um, obviously you've been you were working with it well before that. Um, do you feel like ha, did you receive any feedback from people that said, "Yeah, this really showed me how to use feature X, feature Y"? Yeah, sure. Um, it's one of the things I really much enjoy, and and I know you have been a teacher as well. Um, I also well uh, haven't been a teacher. Well, I was teaching kids how to learn how to swim, um, and if, to me, it wasn't f- for the money that you did it. And I'm pretty sure that you weren't a teacher because you made big bucks, uh, <laughs> right? Right, right. No, right. but but so what's your in, in sentiment for doing this? Well, it's really the feedback that you get. You know, to me, when teaching kids how to swim, it was uh, the most priceless experience were a young girl, five years old, who were, um, we were uh, doing this outside and, and she were, uh, grabbing some flowers uh, next to the pool. And she came and, and gave me those flowers and gave me a big kiss uh, just because she was so happy about what uh, what she learned there. And that was one of my best experiences. And like I said, okay, I don't need any uh, any money for, for doing this. This experience is, is what's, what's really making it worth. Um, and the same with the uh, feedback. Um, uh, no one has ever kissed me for doing something in <laughs> with the DevCon to go app, but that's perfectly okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but um, I mean, uh, getting those feedback is is really great. And I had an experience uh, two two or three years ago. Um, with updating the app itself. Uh, so oh, yeah. there's an in quote in app update feature in DevCon to go. Um, and when I say quote in app, uh, meaning that uh, it kind of feels like the app itself is being updated, uh, it's really being replaced. Um, but that feature Ooh. is. is is possible to do and and build in the code for that and and it's really that simple to do that uh, and there were a guy saying oh so so I have this solution and I need to update the app but I don't know how to do it and I said have you looked at the DevCon to go because there's uh, there's example there uh, on how to do it and and the DevCon to go app can update itself it's in app updating 
And no, and he uh, he went to a table and uh, digged into the DEFCON to go and immediately took the code. And within, I think, two hours, he had he had implemented this feature in his own solution. Uh, and he was, oh man, now they are flying out uh, out of the door. Uh, <laughs> and that was something that added value to his solution immediately. So yeah. I mean, that's that's where okay, so. Now I'm really glad that I put in the effort to document the feature and try to make it as simple as possible. That's awesome. Um, I, I was going to ask you, how did you update the app? Okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, no, I mean, you answered it very nicely. I love that someone uh, asked for that specific feature and you were able to point to that. And you you did sessions on it too, right? Did they sure. record that, that session? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. So I can I can put I can put the put the sessions in our in our show notes so that people can um, is is yeah. DevCon to go app still available to download? I think so. Uh, okay. we'll have but, to look and see. But I'm I I think it's I think it's still there, but I I'm not sure there's any links uh, for it, but. Um, but uh, well, I've, if anyone is interested uh, and they can't get a hold of it, uh, they can just shoot me an email and I will, uh, I will give them a copy uh, for sure. That's great. Um, so let's see here. It's a it's a great app, and I think it's worth exploring it just for the just for the experience. Of course, it's a it's a year old now, um, or it's a version old now, but there's still features of in the new features of 18 were were uh, featured in it heavily so people can check that out and like you said iBeacons and the replacing those are old mm-hmm. features but it's worth looking at how a an established app put that together that that's the that's the thing the iBeacon uh, feature were not uh, featured in in the last version devcon to go 19 uh, okay. but all the code is still uh, behind the scenes, and there were okay. actually also um, uh, we did two games uh, with the iBeacons. Uh, one year we 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 did the speaker game where all the speakers that wanted to carry a, an iBeacon uh, were carrying it, and attendees could go up close to you and oh, I found you, and uh, and you know, and then uh, then they could see oh, who's that uh, speaker, and then. It, it, it was a basis for a conversation. So it was kind of a way to, you know, I would like to speak to someone and how can I bump into him or her uh, to start a conversation? And then, you know, the speaker game were a way to do that. Uh, not that it's, uh, that's also one of the things that's so great with our community. It's, you know, you meet someone and you just go, oh, Hi, who are you? And then you start a conversation. Uh, and for people who are brand new in in the community, uh, they are, uh, you know, I think they are blown away by the openness that we have in the community. And I mean, you know, we are competitors, but we are helping it each other each other out. Um, so yeah, in theory, we are competitors, but but we are much more colleagues than we are competitors. And that's really one of the things that is so great about our community in my view. 
Yeah, that's I, I I fully love that. I'm glad to be a part of that. I, I, FileMaker 19 has been just released, and I assume you were uh, working on uh, before the before Claris Engage got changed in its format. You were thinking about and working on the uh, the DevCon to go app for that, or the Engage to go, whatever you were going to call it. Um, can you just just tell us one feature of nineteen that you were going to bring in? You were thinking about bringing into the uh, the experience. Um, actually, no, none. None. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the reason for that is that um, the idea was to redesign the app completely. Uh, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be named DevCon to go because there's no such thing as DevCon anymore. It's now called uh, Claris Engage. Um, so the app was uh, meant to be well. That was my name at least. Uh, uh, was Engage Me Twenty, ah, right? Okay. Um, so because that fits within the naming space here, and since it's a new name, then it was time for doing a redesign. So the idea of doing it with the redesign was to just change the UI, uh, try to make it, you know, new and, and fresh. There were a little design changes last year, but, you know, uh, not that much. So the new design should be different in, in many ways. The structure of the data also dictates uh, a lot about how the UI should be and the UX. Uh, so that would have been similar. Um, but the idea was actually to strip it down to just being the schedule, the um, being able to... to uh, create your own schedule so you could have that as a full calendar for uh, for uh, the entire conference. That was already possible two years ago. But basically stripping down uh, all the features. Um, okay. that, w- that was the idea, uh, to go back and keeping it simple again. Nice. And when you look at it, uh, the new features in, in 19 is, in FileMaker Go 19 is, Core ML, right? So, yep. so what would the purpose of a core ML feature in in a conference app be? So, yeah. and so, so yeah. So we could train a model. Yeah, what what should we train it for? So should it be headshots? Okay, immediately. Hot dogs, not hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, but but you know that's just you know yeah it can do that yeah but why? <laughs> what what's the purpose of that right? Uh-huh. Um, if I want a hot dog, I can see if it's a hot dog right. I, I don't need an app to tell me if it's a hot dog or not. Uh, <laughs> so so it's it's kind of yeah. There's some geeks that are uh, yeah. I heard that uh, saw that Chris did that, and I hope yeah. I don't. Uh, uh, I don't step on any toes, but you know it's just like yeah, let's have some fun, and, and, and that's fine. But you know, yeah, when yeah. Uh, for for trying out the technology, that's that's fine. But but if you really want to put it into an app um, that has to work in in real life, it, it has to be there has to be a purpose. And if mm-hmm. it was something like okay, so we could train a model with images of the speakers, and then you could take a an image, and then it could tell you how likely that you took an image of 
say rosemary uh, or or whatever. You could do that, but we would never be allowed to because we we the app falls under the the regulations and all the legal stuff with uh, Claris and uh, and especially with Apple. So so there's a lot of stuff there and regarding privacy issues and so on. The, that we can't do and we have to respect those rules even if it well feels like uh like we should be allowed to do that right yeah. so the core ml I, I i'm i'm gonna having a hard time figuring out what to do with that so scanning nfc tags yeah but what's the purpose does it bring value hmm maybe what about the series shortcuts well that's really something for the user to do on their device it's not something i can program right i can i can um uh denote donate donate scripts uh, so that you can go in and build well uh, i like the idea of you know of of bringing it down and, and kind of rethinking it for this release. And well, uh, this has been a good conversation, Klaus. I'm glad that uh, we talked about uh, FileMaker Go development. Um, it, it doesn't get a whole lot of attention. I don't see it in the forums. I don't see many blog posts about it. Um, you may do stuff on it. And if so, I'll, I'll uh, find those and, and link to them. But um, thanks. For, I, this was a good conversation. Before I go, I wanted to ask you, uh, tell our audience, um, you know, something you're working on. This is your chance to plug, you know, your company, your, your work. Um, so, so tell us what you, you know, what you've been working on. Uh, yeah, well, um, I haven't had much time. Uh, we've been very busy, but I also got a daughter just before DevCon last year, so she has been taking a lot of my time. Um, but I'm working on two uh, two things for the community. Uh, one is a pro version of the uh, missing admin tool for FileMaker Server. It's going to be covering FileMaker uh, Cloud as well, and it's uh, going to contain a log viewer. And if you install it on your server, it will be able to give you the logs uh, so you don't have to download the log files and try to pass them out yourself. Uh, I think that's a, a really cool product. It takes a lot of time developing, so hopefully someone is interested in in buying it. The other, uh, I have another tool that I'm gonna uh, uh, shoot out for free um, within the next couple of days. So maybe when this uh, podcast airs, then maybe it's already uh, online on on the Brain Basket. Uh, it's a simple uh, tool for developers. So, and uh, I don't know if you have a tool like this. I haven't seen I haven't seen it around in the community, but um but this is probably something you would like to have as well um so don't you just hate it when you want to input a javascript uh, the content of a javascript file or a css file within a script so you want to put it into the insert text okay yeah right? yeah so so you take uh, the content of a javascript file and you want to uh, insert it into the dialog and then you realize that you have more than 30,000 characters. So FileMaker tells you there, it's, it's not possible. You, can, you cannot uh, edit text that is more than 30,000 characters. So you have to do that in other ways. But what if you could have that in the insert text 
uh, scripts dev. Wouldn't that be nice, right? Yeah. yeah. So do you have a tool for, for doing that? We don't, know. No, okay. So uh, so I'm going to release a tool for uh, for doing that. It's that simple. Uh, basically, you, you have a FileMaker file. You just take all your JavaScript code and paste it into a field, press a button, and then uh, you paste the script step in your script. And then you have the entire JavaScript within the insert text oh, script wow. step. Yeah. So okay. because it's it's just it's a limitation of the dialogue. It's not a limitation of the insert script step. Good. Well, uh, that's good. We'll be looking out for it, and um, you know, once it comes out, we'll uh, link it in the show notes so that people can find it. I I know that that'll be a big thing. It, it, it'll be good to be able to use the insert from text or insert text. Um, insert text. Yeah. Yeah. Script steps. So very good. Well, Klaus. Uh, Thank you for your time. This was a great time to talk about FileMaker Go, and uh, we'll have to have you on again soon to talk other stuff, okay? Okay. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. Wow, Klaus knows a lot about FileMaker Go. He's talked about it for a good 90 minutes with me and probably could go for a lot more. We'll have to have him on again to talk about FileMaker Go more. Thank you, Klaus, for your time and staying up late with me from Denmark. If you're so inclined, please reach out and rate and review the Context Podcast wherever you get your podcast. And send us an email to support at geistinteractive.com and let us know what you think and give us suggestions on other topics to discuss. Until next week, remember, the Context Podcast is king.